Welcome along to Destination Tokyo. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the Olympics, which are now long gone, and are ready for the Paralympics. A few days to go this podcast as a build-up to the Games, and it's one of the stars of Paralympics GB who's here today. A wheelchair racer who's done lots of different distances and won lots of medals and broken lots of world records. 11 world titles, in fact, five gold medals at the Paralympics, three in London where she made her name, followed up by two in Rio. It is Hannah Cockcroft. Her enthusiasm is infectious, even after being named for a third Paralympic Games. No, I think it's, it's still exciting. Obviously, London was something different. I was 20 years old and uh, very fresh-faced and new to the game, so that was massive. But, yeah, I think people expect me my name always to be on that list but for me it's like until it's in black and white it's on that page I'm not going so yeah it is it's always exciting to get that email and to get that phone call actually I got a voice note this time oh really um, yeah I did, different yeah but I can keep that so I like it yeah, nice. you know in, in future years I can look back on that and be like oh that's how I found out I was going to Tokyo and whose voice is it it's Paula Dunn's our head coach okay so, yeah Brilliant. it's a lovely message <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, you mentioned the weight of expectation. Do you enjoy that uh, weight of expectation? Mm, no. <laughs> I think it depends. Um, sometimes it it's hard because... Sometimes it's hard because I want people to get excited by what I do. So I want people... Not that people don't expect me to win, but, for example, I did uh, a 53.99 400 metres out in Switzerland, and people were like, yeah, you won. And I was like, no, I, I'm not two seconds off the world record. That's massive. Yeah. Like, imagine if, I don't know, an Olympic athlete did that. It would be massive. And people just go, mm, yeah, you won. So in that kind of sense, it frustrates me because I want people to realise how much quicker some of the things I do are. Um, but pressure-wise, I think I've just got used to it. You know, it's, it's an honour for people to expect you to win. Yeah. and you should carry that with pride because it means that people believe in you so yeah I've over the years had to get used to that it used to really get to me when people would be like ah oh, you're on a start line you'll win anyway you'd be like I might not and then I'll let people down but now I just figure you know what I've done the work as long as I know the work that I've put in whatever happens happens and I've got to be happy with that I guess that's part of uh, the legacy of 2012 actually which was phenomenal and that now when it's yourself or Johnny or David Weir or Richard Whitehead, the, expect the expectation is, even though it's 10 years later, that you're still going to smash it. 10 years. I know, it's crazy, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, it, it's nice, you know, and that's the thing where it, it's nice to be known and it's nice to be one of those names that people in every household pretty much can put up and that, that's a massive privilege. Um, and I don't know how long that's going to last. I mean, we have a lot of young faces coming through the team, so I've got to make the most of it whilst it's there. <laughs> uh, you're still doing well. Uh, what's fascinated me about this year, when, when training's been disrupted, and there was times when I guess you were confined to your garage and your home gym and stuff like that, is that you're still breaking world records. How does that work? You know what? I think the magic of this last year is... It, it's been a horrible year for so many people everyone's got to be able to pick a positive out of it and for me it was having the time to just pick apart every part of my race and work on it you know every year we have a major championships we have qualifying times to to kind of go and get we have camps to go on competitions to race appearances to do and suddenly all that was taken away and all that I was left with was my chair and a roller and a lot of time so I think it was a blessing in disguise for me that 
you know, I'm, I'm kind of one of those people that just stumbles from one meet to the next going, oh, I, I need to fix that. I need to work on my start. I need to work on the middle part of my 100 metres. Da, 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 da. But there's never actually a time to really focus on it. And I've just had a year to, to get my head down, get the work in that needed doing. You know, I learned to push on a new style of glove. Um, I made a few changes on my race chair. Just all sorts of really little things that have added up to quite big differences. So, yeah. And do you take any of that into, you know, what was a different training regime? Have you said, actually, that's working, I'm going to carry on with that, you know, when I go back to what, whatever we call this, the normal or the new normal? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as they said I could go back club yeah. training, I was like, I am there. You're there, um, yeah. We've added a few more Zoom sessions, so I think everyone's sick of Zoom, but when you're just slogging it out on the roller, um, yeah, we've, we've kind of kept the Zoom in and we do it with our teammates now, which is quite nice. Um, but aside from that, no, I I don't use my home gym that often. I was in it last night actually, but um, I go and see my SSE coach. I come out on tracks. Um, I still use the roads. We found a really good road near home uh, to train on whilst we were in lockdown. So I still use that for my hill training. Um, so very little bits, but it is very little bits. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think this games, um, probably more so than any others, the Paralympics is is about yes performing but also perhaps a celebration of humanity as well through, I think, considering what we've been through yeah just a celebration that hopefully we are now coming out of the other side and uh, and we've all got through this I hope that people tune in and even though they can't be there they cheer us on and they see what what we've managed to do and and give everyone hope really that it's not the end and, and as long as you chase your dreams you can you can achieve them and yeah hopefully we'll all come back and be healthy and safe <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Um, can I just take you back to the moments when you fell in love with sport? Was there a moment when you think, yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the bit that, that changed my life? I think for me there were two kind of moments. So my first sport experience, um, I was 12 years old and the local wheelchair basketball team in Halifax came to do a demo at my school. And prior to that, I'd never, I'd never met another person in a wheelchair. I'd never heard of Paralympic sport. I just had no idea of this whole world. Um, and these guys came in and just blew my mind. Like, 12-year-old girl, surrounded by everybody people, and suddenly there were all these guys in fast and speedy, agile chairs and just moving around, and that was a, that was a groundbreaker for me. So that was, that was my initial introduction. Um, and then the second one was, was finding wheelchair racing. Um, it was here at Loughborough University and I kind of came down hoping to try wheelchair racing but then I saw the race chairs and I was like they do not look comfy I do not want to go in that my dad was like mm -hmm, yeah we've driven a long way you're getting in that chair so I got in and you know basketball was great but you have to pass the ball you have to stop at the end of the court like there's rules whereas once you get in that race chair for me it was just this moment of freedom and independence you know I was 15 and I was still holding my dad's hand to try and get around, you know, like I wasn't that independent. And as soon as I got in that race chair, I wasn't being told all the time, oh, be careful, slow down, like watch your feet. I could just go and, and it was me and I was free. Um, and I think that's that's just why I love it. That's why I do it. That's why 14 years on, I'm still here and I still feel free. That's amazing. And was that a talent ID type of day or? Yeah, yeah, it was a talent ID. So I'd, I'd yeah. won a, um, a silver medal at the school games in discus yeah so got invited down and um 
yeah, I saw wheelchair racing for the first time at school games and I was like, I could try that. Uh, and here we are. Never the plan, but here we are. <laughs> Fantastic. I mean, I've seen lots of adverts at the moment for, for come along and try it, both sort of Olympic and Paralympic sport. And I guess these are the moments really that that's what in many ways it's about. You know, you competing, you inspiring, someone seeing it and wanting to have a go. Yeah, I think that's all you can hope for, really. I always used to hate being, oh, you're my inspiration, oh, I've done this because of you. But actually, the, the older you get and the more into the sport you get, you realise how big an honour that is that people have looked up to and gone, oh, because you can do it, I believe that I can do it. Um, but it's great that more opportunities are, are opening up. You know, yeah. I, I hate to think that there could be a 12-year-old girl somewhere not thinking that she can do sport. You know, I want her to see what I do and not necessarily get into wheelchair racing or athletics, but just whatever it is that she wants to do, believe that she can go and do that. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of magical. Yeah, and you seem as if, are you? I think you touched on it there, you're still enjoying it. You've still got the broad smile. You're still really passionate. <laughs> I love yeah. it. Yeah, I love it. I think, again, the pandemic break really kind of made it true to me. It made me realise how lucky I am to do what I do. Being an athlete has such a limited shelf life. And I'm 28 now, so I'm probably reaching nearer the end of it than the start of it i don't think i've got another 14 years in it let's put it that way um but you just got to make the most of it whilst it's there and i think a lot of athletes realize that once it was taken away we all kind of went oh i actually love what i do and i need to make the most of every single second that comes from it brilliant oh thanks for chatting today i mean it's an exciting few months with the the games and with the commonwealth games too i hope you have a great few months and uh, come back with some silverware fingers crossed thank you very much planning on being goldware <laughs> good point <laughs> gold of course for hannah Crawcroft, uh, one of the stars of paralympics gb and great to talk to hannah now on the next one it's long jumper steph reed from the GB holding camp in Yokohama, just outside Tokyo, Steph will give us uh, a glimpse of life behind the scenes as she prepares for her Tokyo Paralympics. Thanks for listening to this and see you with Steph on the next one. Bye-bye.